0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. At the Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level you can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.
1: DIY and How Studios presents Real Rock rock with Andy King part of the Rock and Roll Archaeology Project.
2: Amps go up to 10, exactly.
3: Does
0: that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it?
1: Music, culture, technology, and rock and roll.
3: Now, on with the show. Welcome to Real Rock. I'm your host, Andy King, and today we'll be doing that patented deep dive into the 2001 monstrosity of a film, Rockstar, starring Mark Wahlberg. I will be covering various points of the film, so please consider this your spoiler warning. Due to the nature of the film and my sense of humor, listener discretion is advised. You can view the film on Amazon or Vudu and come back for our bashing. I mean, Review. Some of the questions we will be answering are Who the fuck is responsible for this? Is it supposed to be a true story? And finally, will oral sex become a recurring character on Real Rock? Boy, I hope so. All this and more will be on this episode, so sit back and let me take you away as we review Rockstar.
2: Did you ever look at someone else and and think if only you had their life, you'd have it all? Look at how cool this is.
0: Signed by all five band members of Steel Dragon. You know what the sickest thing is about you, little man? You fantasize about being somebody else, singing somebody else's songs. Oh, maybe if I get really lucky, I'll get to grow up and listen to Air Supply and wear jackboots like you. What's wrong with Air Supply? We're tired of just being a cover band. We started this because we love playing dragon tunes. You're gone, man. Am I being kicked out of the group that I started? Let's go.
2: We're auditioning for a new lead singer. The good Lord has given you a hell of a voice. Do you want the gig then?
1: You know, I'm just a regular guy
3: who grew up with the posters of these guys on my walls. And now I'm one of
0: them! He's
1: a rock star now. The normal rules don't apply. How's it feel to know that everyone loves you? You're gonna be great, babe.
2: You're perfect insanity
1: man. Your job is to live the fantasy other people only dream about.
2: Give me some rock star attitude. That's better. Try one with no smile. All these girls have today every day. We're going to
4: have some mad good times. We combed this entire planet and we found a star waiting to be discovered. The first
2: time I laid eyes on you, I said, That guy is going all the way.
3: What's your rock and roll fantasy? Everyone has one, right? Rock and roll just lends itself to fantasy. The larger-than-life characters, the party, the adoration of millions of people. We see that, and we want in. We want in on that life. Now, the first thing most of us do is emulate the rock stars that we love so much. When I first fell in love with the Ramones, for instance, it was all ripped jeans, dirty t-shirts, and leather jackets for me. A style which I actually never grew out of. Although I am very thankful that I never adopted the page boy haircut, but I digress. Most fans, when they idolize a rock star, want to be like the star. Some folks want to be the star. Tim Owens, aka Ripper, was one of those fans. And he wanted to be Rob Halford, lead singer of The Mighty Judas Priest
0: fans lead singer rob halford is leaving judas priest after 19 years with the band several months ago halford announced plans for a solo project called fight but at the time he said he would return to priest since then something has obviously happened to change his mind here's what rob had to
4: say about the split on tuesday i'm in a very very saddened uh, position uh, at the moment that i've had to take a. Uh, a, a move that I never really thought I'd have to contemplate, and I used to send a, a, a leaving member letter through uh, through my label, through Sony, and I'm no longer the uh, lead vocalist for Judas Priest. It's important for for me to be able to. Uh, to have the freedom to pursue other areas of, of music that I think uh, are important, uh, I just wish that we could have been in a in a situation where the label at least would have been able to have understood that if they weren't happy with what I was able, what I was providing them with, they could have seen sense to say, okay. Well, I think that the label has been very very unfair because they, they've not only uh, prevented me from making a record with what I feel will become a fantastically large band. Uh, they've literally forced the breakup of of Priest.
0: We tried to find out what Judas Priest thinks about Halford's defection, but the band's manager, Bill Kerbishley, said through a spokeswoman that the news is, quote, not worth commenting on. In
3: 1996, Owens got his shot. He got the shot. Rob had left the band in 92, and it was finally time to replace him. Owens was their choice. He had been kicking ass in a Judas Priest cover band for some time, and now he was the lead singer of his favorite band. This is one of those stories that could only happen in rock and roll. Of course, like everything that is awesome, the studios are ready to exploit. In 97, Warner Brothers optioned the story and tasked John Stockwell to write. Stockwell is probably best known for his portrayal of Cougar in the shirtless volleyball epic Top Gun, but this time he was writing, presumably with clothes on. Stephen Herrick was tapped to direct. Herrick has a badass filmography, actually. His first director's gig was the 86 cult classic Critters, which he followed with the amazing Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, and The Mighty Ducks. All of us 80s and 90s kids owe Herrick for some kick ass movies. But will my nostalgic goodwill buy him any sympathy for the film? Stay tuned and find out.
0: Ted, while I agree that in time our band will be most triumphant, the truth is, Wild Stallions will never be a super band until we have Eddie Van Halen on guitar. Yes, Bill, but I do not believe we will get Eddie Van Halen until we have a triumphant video. Ted, it's pointless to have a triumphant video before we even have decent instruments. Well, how can we have decent instruments we don't really even know how to play? That is why we need Eddie Van
2: Halen. And that is why we need a triumphant video. Excellent! Yay!
3: On to casting. Much of the film is centered around the character of Chris Cole, played by everyone's favorite Beantown bro, Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark got his start as the suburban-friendly rapper with a funky bunch to call his own and tore up the charts, I think, twice? I don't care. I heard good vibrations and just, fuck, that was bad. From there, he went on to model underwear, which he then transitioned into a career in film. Pre rock star Mark Wahlberg did some pretty decent movies, including Basketball Diaries and Three Kings, but his highlight was Boogie Nights, the coming of age story of a bad actor and his penis. Semi biographical? Maybe. But he actually tries his hand at being a rock star in Boogie Nights, too, and I'm so sorry to do this, but you have to hear it. Dirk Diggler Demo. Vocals up! You got the touch. Take seven. <laughs>
4: You
0: got the touch, you got the power, yeah. after all is said and done, you never
1: want,
3: you never want. Friends star Jennifer Aniston was tapped to play the love interest slash manager Emily. This actually wasn't much of a stretch for Aniston. She had a longish relationship with Adam Durritz, lead singer of the criminally underrated Counting Crows. When they split in 1995, Adam actually started dating Jen's friend and friend co-star Courtney Cox. Let's play theater of the mind here. Picture the lead singer of Counting Crows. Now picture Monica and Rachel. Yeah, that guy. You do it, buddy. Back to the show.
1: There's someone who ripped out my heart. And put it through a flying
4: blunder! Yeah, that's right. Who fights for Kim? Who makes me want to stand up up and shout?
3: The film starts with us meeting Chris Cole. Chris is a weird kind of dude. He sings in the church choir, fixes copiers in the corporate world, and lives in his parents' house slash daycare, where his room is plastered with images of his favorite band. His favorite band is Steel Dragon, and Chris spends his nights in a Steel Dragon tribute band, Blood Pollution. The Blood Pollution guys go to a Steel Dragon show, and after the show, the members of Blood Pollution have a standoff insult fest with another local Steel Dragon tribute band, Black Babylon. That's right, Pittsburgh has two tribute bands of Steel Dragon, and two notes about this scene. One, the lead singer of Black Babylon is Stephen Jenkins, the lead singer of Third Eye Blonde. And two, the use of homophobic slurs in this scene is uncomfortable. I thought about playing this clip just to show you how gross the dialogue is, but while I have been classified as irreverent, I'm not an asshole. And I know that this scene is supposed to foreshadow what happens to Bobby Beers later on in the movie, but, yeah, it's still uncomfortable. Anyway, after this scene, we go to a blood pollution rehearsal, and then to a show at a steel foundry where we learn that Chris is just a little too into being Bobby Beers, the lead singer of Steel Dragon. Tensions boil over between Chris and his guitar player Rob, played by Timothy Oliphant, and at the next band practice, Chris learns that he has been replaced by Bradley, the lead singer of Black Babylon.
0: Maybe
1: this is just a sign. You now just time to move on.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm not in the mood to be looking on the bright side of
4: things right now. Okay? No, I mean, this the. You know an opportunity
1: for you to start writing your own
0: songs.
4: Why? You're just not a clown
0: with a guitar trying to get someone to pay attention to me, no way. Do you remember
2: that song that you wrote for me on my 15th birthday? No. Yes, you do. This is love I
1: know. I'm place it's embarrassing. I
2: will never. Stop are you done making
1: fun of me yet i love that song
3: the next day chris gets the call kirk cuddy founder and guitarist of steel dragon offers to fly chris to la for an audition chris flies out and blows the band away getting the gig immediately just then bobby beers jumps in has a blow up with the band he is convinced that the band is kicking him out because of his homosexuality, which he sort of explains by taking off his wig. I, it's really weird. I have no idea what the wig was supposed to represent. In any event, the song that Chris uses for the audition is We All Die Young, and this is a badass song.
4: It's my soul my
1: my breath. In my time Lost in space
0: Am I dead Oh, man.
3: Now's a good time to meet Steel Dragon. On rhythm guitar, you've got Kirk Cuddy, played by actor Dominic West, who you probably know from HBO's The Wire. On bass, we have Jeff Pilsen, who you probably know from the band Dokken. On drums, we have Jason Bonham, who you probably know from Led Zeppelin. And on lead guitar, we have Zach Wilde. Yeah, that's a beardless Zach Wild. With the band together, we see the press conference. This fucking scene. First, we find out Chris has changed his name to Izzy, because metal, you know. And Izzy has an English accent now, which he actually never uses again in the whole film. When asked how he keeps his vocal cords in shape, he is given a rock and roll answer about eating pussy. We then get the cringiest scene we will ever get here at Real Rock of him practicing saying that he eats pussy. If you're into cringe humor, get ready.
4: I eat a lot of pussy. Loads of it. I oh, you little pussy. Tans. i got more voice eating pussy, man. It's like a vocal technique exercise. i got <laughs> eaten pussy, man. Loads of it. All the time. Tans. It's all I do. Breakfast, morning, noon, night. I've got to have it, man. It's all I do is eat pussy a lot. Chris! Man. Either
0: get in here and do it, or shut up! <laughs> Hold on! Oh, sh-
3: There's an obvious joke to be made here about Jennifer Aniston being Marky Mark's funky brunch, but I'm not going to go there. Too much class.
0: Singers, podcasters, politicians, there are many professions that rely heavily on their voice. It's important to keep those vocal cords strong. The best exercise? Oral sex. Scientific studies that the host of this podcast swears true says that Oral sex, three to seven times a week, will keep your vocal cords in tip-top shape. So find a consenting adult of your choosing and go to town. Love your voice, love your audience.
3: With the band together, we see Izzy's first performance, but oh no, Izzy falls off the stage. It's okay though, he rocks so fucking hard that not only does he finish the show, but he has enough energy to participate in the most awkward orgy one could imagine. In the aftermath of the orgy, we find out that Chris's assistant, with whom he presumably fucked, is a trans woman. You know how people say movies don't age well? This scene is a great example of that. If this scene plays out in a film today, you, the viewer, would see it as, hey, blue-collar town dude, met a trans person and explored, okay. But the original intent was to play it as a laugh. See, doesn't age well. Moving on, And headed to the tour bus, we find out that Emily has to ride in a car with the rock star wives. And with a shout out to our friends at Muses and Stuff podcast, these are real deal rock star muses. Rachel Hunter was, of course, married to Rod Stewart. Heidi Mark was wed to Vince Neil. And Carrie Stevens was a longtime girlfriend to Eric Carr of Kiss fame. It's sort of a shame we don't see more of the wives. They have a real fun chemistry. On the DVD release, there's a mockumentary about them. In this excerpt, you'll hear from Goad's wife, followed by Zach Wilde's response.
0: Hi,
2: my name is Daphne, and I am Goad's wife. That's Goad from Steel Dragon. I was Miss Pomona Loser's Lounge six times in a row. I was Miss Thong San Diego Beach Babe three years in a row.
4: I see that you're not wearing a ring. Oh, why is that?
0: I
2: left it in the opening band's
4: dressing room. Oh, she was sleeping with the opening band? Um,
3: well, I hope she'd uh, film it for me. i like a 12-pack and watching your wife getting pounded by the opening act, you know what I'm saying? Now on to the tried and true staple of the rock movie second act bullshit excess montage. We see Izzy drink too much, do some drugs, buy a Batmobile, or maybe he rented it. I don't know, but it made me hate him. I really want a Batmobile. This all reaches a flashpoint when Izzy and Emily have a spat in a Seattle hotel. He's too drunk and seemingly they go their separate ways. After this, Steel Dragon meets up in a studio where Izzy tries to introduce some new songs for the new album, only to be shot down. Cuddy lets him know that he himself is the creative force behind Steel Dragon and Izzy is just a hired hand. Then, Izzy invents rap metal out of spite. No, seriously. Hey, what, man is hey, you just sing it like it's written, all right. I thought I was. Well you weren't.
1: Alright, sorry.
3: Great. After having a heart to heart with the band's road manager Matt, Izzy starts to reevaluate his life. At a show, Izzy meets a fan that reminds him of himself and invites him on stage, then promptly leaves. Izzy goes back to being Chris and we see him in presumably seattle and he reunites with rob from his tribute band days the two of them start a neutered grunge band and softly rock a coffee house oh and emily is there too all three of them ended up in seattle what the fuck weren't they all from pittsburgh That voice is coming from Brian Van Ark of The Verve, who wrote this song that is lip-synced by Wahlberg. Thankfully, Wahlberg didn't sing in this movie. Except for the last song, the vocals were provided by, I guarantee you I will mispronounce this, Mayenko Marievic, the guy from Steelheart and Journey. He wrote the audition song, We All Die Young, which is my favorite original song on the whole soundtrack. But my favorite trivia nugget is that Twiggy Ramirez is actually the credited writer of the song Blood Pollution. so let's review this shall we first of all what the fuck film genre is this it has the rhythm of a comedy but it tries to get serious at points and maybe they were trying to do both but they failed what holds this film back are two major glowing faults if you're familiar with the Judas Priest River story you'll hate this movie the studio touts it as being kind of based on that but it's not And it's not even stretched for dramatic effect like most based on a true story movies are. It's just inaccurate. In a press release, Ripper stated, quote, They fabricated things from my story to make their own because I guess mine was too normal. If I could sue, I would. Damn! The other glaring fault is the performances. Jesus, the performances in this fucking piece of shit. But it was through this film that I realized why I don't like Mark Wahlberg. It's in the eyes. Unless he's staring at you in anger, his eyes don't convey emotion. That, coupled with his whiny yet confused line readings, completely take me out of the scenes. The supporting actors do fine, but this movie lays way too much responsibility on Wahlberg, but he doesn't really seem ready for that. Jennifer Aniston does fine, but she's not really given much to do despite being the second lead in the film. You want to hear a great performance from her? Here's her trying to compliment her co-star.
0: Oh, he's just so good. I mean, he's such a good actor. He's so
2: committed. He's just great. He's phenomenal. I love watching him. And I love working with him. He just takes care of you. Great.
3: You can hear the disbelief in her voice. I tried very hard to find someone for The Stranger Review, but I couldn't think of anyone I hate enough to subject this film to. So I'm going to the source. Marky Mark, get your ass in here. Hey Marky Mark, welcome to the Real Rock Studios. Are you excited to be here? What? No. Okay. Um, so what did you think about Rockstar the movie? Was it good? What? No. I totally agree. Do you think you were good in it? What? No. (laughs) Ha ha ha, you sure are right. For legal purposes, I have to ask, are you the real Marky Mark? What? No. If I'm ever blinded outside of a store in Boston, you know who to look for. For all its faults, Rockstar is not the absolute worst movie ever made. It's probably not even the worst movie I'll review on Real Rock. They tried to recreate Boogie Nights in a rock and roll setting, but... And Boogie Nights is a damn good movie. Even Marky Mark and his fake penis are good in it. But that movie is also anchored by all the supporting actors and a fantastic script from Paul Thomas Anderson. This movie doesn't have that. I can't in good conscience suggest that anyone watch this movie unironically, but if you want to make fun of something for 90 minutes, give it a shot. So where are they now? Stephen Herrick has been relegated to making shit TV shows such as the current MacGyver reboot. Dominic West blew our minds in the wire and can be currently seen on the show Affair. Jennifer Aniston has not aged at all, And Mark Wahlberg is probably producing some macho, patriotic, masturbatory fantasy that will hit those red state multiplexes soon. Did you know he has a third nipple? It's true. It's not relevant to anything at all, but I like spreading knowledge. The current Rotten Tomatoes score is 52%, which is very generous. The official Real Rock rating is one star, begrudgingly. Make sure you head over to rockandrollarchaeology.com to check out archives of this show plus all the shows on our network make sure to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts tell 14 friends this week, 14 of them pick up a shirt at the T Republic store support us on Patreon send me an email at realrockpodcast at gmail.com links for everything are in the show notes I'm Andy King and this has been Real Rock Rockstar
1: Real Rock is produced by DIY and Howe Studios and is a part of the Rock and Roll Archaeology Project. Real Rock is written by Andy King. All commentary and opinions are that of the host. All sound design and incidental music by Busy Signal Studios. Playlists can be found at Spotify purchase these great and important tracks all songs clips and references can be found on our show notes please visit rock and for more information
0: at the home depot we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right